0: The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about you, Cowboys? Yes! Go, Cowboys! This, this is. is Media Match, A roundtable of Cowboys insiders. Dropping wisdom. And offering sizzling takes. On the current state of your Dallas Cowboys. Now your host, Nui Scruggs. Let's ride! Media <laughs> Match on Tuesday. <laughs>
1: Crews up here assembled and ready to go all on their phones seeking the latest information (laughs) for you, Dallas Cowboy fans. All right. We've got Patrick Walker, DallasCowboys.com. we got Kevin Gray, 105.3 The Fan. Yes, sir. That's where Jerry Jones does his weekly radio show. Did it today. And John (laughs) Mishota of The Athletic. All right, sir. Um, And I was waiting to do this all day. How many tweets have you sent today? (laughs) <laughs> no, not that many.
2: Not that many. Maybe maybe 5 to 10. Not, not Today's been kind of a slow day. Off day for you. Yeah. Yeah. No, just 5 to 10 so far.
1: So, the Jesus. Cowboys
2: were one. Mm-hmm. Maybe that would be at 15 or 20 right now, but I've dialed it back, you know. I I've, I've only sent out one Odell Beckham related tweet. No, actually two, <laughs> two. Uh-huh. And the fans are already annoyed by that, but hey. So I'm here to sell some hope. God <laughs> rested on God rested on a Sabbath. John just limits <laughs> stuff
1: on a Tuesday. On, on a right? Tuesday. On his, on his Sabbath. So. Right. Um How desperate do they now sound about Odell Beckham Jr. coming off of this Green Bay Packers game? Should Cowboy fans be alerted at all? I know C.D. Lamb had a good game, but you lost to a 3-16. You had a 14-point lead. You know where the panic goes, so start.
2: Yeah, I mean, I don't know that they sound any more desperate than they sounded before this game. I think um, they don't need to say it publicly, but when you have a game like that where you come up short, and uh, it's not like there's a lot of other pieces you can add right now and he's clearly the best piece that's out there. And I understand Odell Beckham doesn't fix the run defense issues, but I, I think that they're as invested as ever and maybe even a little bit more after seeing that game because there is a part of me that thought, hey, if they just keep winning, there could be as longer weeks and weeks that go by where they'll be like, you know, maybe we can just get this done. We don't need to go get Odell. We got the pieces right here. And, and I think after you watch that game and the way things went, it might not be a wide receiver, but it seems like they, they might be a little bit short there. Okay. This
3: is a team that has its best receiver in the 36th percentile when it comes to separation in this league. And even with that, he had his best game on Sunday. I'm talking about CeeDee Lamb. You need a guy that's going to stretch the field, a guy that's going to make plays, attack the football. And Odell Beckham Jr., I think, does that. So I'm interested to see how this team moves. One thing we heard from the NFL Network's Jane Slater was that he's evaluating the playoff picture right now. He's trying to see who's where and what they're doing by the time he makes his decision if he's going to make it by the end of the month. So to me, if you're the Cowboys, you had to keep winning to try and improve your chances on what Odell Beckham Jr. ultimately decides. So while the Cowboys, I think, have been the loudest ones in the room talking about it, there's a team other than the Cowboys that concerns me about possibly acquiring Odell Beckham Jr. services. And that team happens to be in Santa Clara, California. But Mm. I'm just going to leave that where it is right now
4: well my dark horse remains my dark horse and it's the miami dolphins and i, I oh, can't wow. i can't shake that for some reason or well, not for some reason for obvious reasons because they're winning games for the most part they're clearly all in this yep. season um you you have the intrigue of combining him with waddle and tyreek and uh two is playing well he's not doesn't have the strongest arm but he's getting it done down there so uh keep an eye on miami in my opinion but i, I think two things are true odell beckham jr does it would make the cowboys better um But I don't think that – in saying that, I don't think he changes the outcome of the game on on Sunday because, as John so eloquently stated, he doesn't play run defense. Um, And you look at the situation where you you allow 207 rushing yards at Lambeau Field, that's obviously going to give Aaron Rodgers – Uh, concert to say I don't need to throw 40 times I can just throw 20 times and all I need you to do Christian Watson is stop (laughs) dropping the ball right so Christian Watson had two drops on the on the initial drive those drops disappeared and Christian Watson uh, said on Talking Cowboys he subscribed to Twitter Blue and and bought him a verification mark on Sunday uh, against the Cowboys (laughs) he hadn't earned it before then he went out and bought one uh, on Sunday so you can't have that happen and you know whether you say well The loss of Anthony Brown, and of course, Anthony Brown was the one targeted on the first big touchdown to Christian Watson. You lose Anthony Brown, so now you're really leaning on youth. Kelvin, Joseph, Deron Bland, both of them got uh, victimized in different ways by Christian Watson. Odell just doesn't fix that. Um, Now, again, does he make the Cowboys better? Yes, but because he doesn't fix those glaring errors that led to the Cowboys' loss, in my opinion, it doesn't create any more urgency than existed prior to Sunday.
2: You know it you know else could be kind of annoying to Cowboys fans, and I would totally understand this, is that you can also point to in that game that, you know, maybe they ran the ball not enough. You go back, you look at the box score, you got Dak Prescott thrown 46 yeah, times. If going you go mm-hmm. and put Odell Beckham on the
4: field, do you think that number's going down? Yeah. No, it's, <laughs> not. it's not. And that's a large reason that <laughs> right. they—, that they um, you know, gave up the 14-point lead was because they kind of got away from it. So Tony Pollard, he, uh, you know, had a 100-yard game, but not all runs are created the same. And and for those that were asking me, they were saying, you know, do I think that the Cowboys missed Zeke on, on Sunday? I do because of the type of running style that Zeke sure. gives you in the four-minute drill and the two-minute drill when you're trying to maintain a two-possession lead and you want to use the clock in your favor. That's a different type of runner that you have in Zeke, and you didn't have him on the field on Sunday, and, and I think it showed. So.
1: Anybody know what Indomikin Sue is doing these days.
4: Not playing football. Right. No, yeah, he's he's, not, at least he's he like professionally.
3: Like. Yeah, he looks like he's big chilling right now.
4: Yeah. Would <laughs> that
1: be worthy of a phone call? Uh, hey. You know,
4: see. you know what I said on talking this morning um, about Andomican Sue, we had a caller that that dialed in and asked about that. And I said, you know, and this is me speculating. I wonder if the Cowboys do have interest in Sue but they don't want to accidentally burn the turkey because they're staring at the cornbread. And I say that to say you you would like to see what happens with this OBJ situation first. What kind of deal would you have to get him on? What kind of salary cap hit would you take um, before you go doling out money to Indomitian Sue? Because Sue's not going to come cheap either. I'm not saying he's going to break the bank, but the Cowboys aren't the only defense that have determined in November that, hey, we need to drop a big boy in the middle. And I agree with Patrick on everything he's saying, but I'm just going to
2: give you what else is out there just to give a little bit more mm. context to the conversation is that Stephen Jones was asked last week if there is anybody outside of Odell. It was on, on 105.3. Mm-hmm. If there was anybody outside of Odell and he said no, that that was the only notable free agent. All the other guys would be guys that would be practice squad type people. And then you know Dan Quinn yesterday saying how he believes he has all the guys in-house that they can more than certain that they'll fix this run defense. With all that being said though I still agree with, with what Patrick said that you, you why would you announce that you know why would you bring yeah, it up cuz no tri-few. one else is talking yeah no one else is talking sub about tri-few. that mm. and if they don't think that the the guys are there on the run defense they're not going on a podium and saying that yeah no we don't have the guys
4: like, why would you say that? There's no other... How are you going <laughs> to fix it that And there be there because if you would have asked Dan Quinn, and he was, asked Dan Quinn before the Jonathan Hankins trade, right. if he had the right personnel to stop the run, the answer was going to be yeah. yes. And that's what they went and did. They traded for Jonathan Hankins. Yep. So there you go.
1: The organization says things, and Jerry said, just because I said it doesn't make it so. That's one thing he said instead <laughs> to one time. I'm
3: right. starting to find that out firsthand. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> I'm starting and, to find and, that and out firsthand.
1: You know, they, they can, <laughs> just like they told us, all camp and, and, and Patrick and John, you guys were there. How many times did Stephen Jones tell us, we like our guys, we like our guys? Well, now you don't like your guys. Now you realize, okay, no, we got an issue. You know, what we, we, we thought wasn't. So that's why I, I ask about an Dominica too. You ask about an Odell Beckham, Jr., because you've got you've you got some warts to fill on your football team here.
2: I think when he said that, though, I think that he was probably feeling better about what they would get from their third-round pick wide receiver, and there's probably a little bit of hope, His guy. right? But there's your guy. He's coming. There's a little bit of hope connected <laughs> with too that they probably were hoping that Michael Gallup could be Gallup, a little bit yeah. further ahead than what he is. Mm-hmm. But you always run those you know type risks when it's a guy coming off a serious injury, and for him, the only injury he's ever had of that significance.
1: There's some talk about why Parsons played more linebacker than played defensive end. That, you know, just kind of the, the Twitter scuttlebutt because this. Uh, after a loss, there's going to be an overreaction. How would you take that? Uh,
4: my question wasn't necessarily uh, to Micah Parsons because Dan Quinn has shown me that he he knows how to utilize Michael Parsons. Micah. He knows how to scheme Micah Parsons. He does. Now, I will say uh, I don't know if it's because Micah is less than 100 um, percent. But when I was going back, charting the plays and looking at the film, there were a couple of plays that Micah normally would make. That he didn't make, so it just kind of makes me wonder if it was just you know nerves because he wanted to make that play for Mike McCarthy, given all the circumstances, or if he just didn't take the right angle. Okay. Now, because the second play um, from scrimmage for the Green Bay Packers, it was a run. Uh, Aaron Jones actually shovel right, shovel pass to the right. Aaron Jones, and everybody's engaged except Micah. Micah has clean air to to Aaron Jones and he takes the inside shoulder instead of the outside. So that exposed the edge, and Aaron Jones just hit the turbo, and he made it the edge. So that became like a four- or five-yard game. If that, if Michael makes that play, that's a two-yard loss, and that's the first instance that you could look at Matt LaFleur and say you might want to rethink this. You might want to rethink this whole I want to run, run, want to run thing, and then maybe that starts to change the dynamic of the game. So Michael Parsons was schemed, and I use that example to say that he was schemed in great positions uh, more often than not. Even, albeit from a linebacker position against the Packers, he just isn't, didn't always make the appropriate decision on the right angle. And again, could it be because he's less than 100%? We know he's been battling some things, so that could be it. Or it could be that in a combination of him just really trying to do it for Coach. It was a little alarming to hear him say after the game that about the accountability. Yeah. And maybe
2: mm-hmm. maybe it was me, maybe I'm reading too much, and I just hadn't heard those things. Since the 2020 run defense, where there were plays exactly like you described, where there were way too many of those, where yeah. and then after games, guys would talk about, yeah, there were certain guys doing trying to do too much and mm-hmm. things like that. Um the only other thing I wanted to add on that is I also don't think he plays as so much linebacker if Anthony Barr is healthy.
4: Yeah. So. Would that, that's mm-hmm. going to lead me to something else. I'll let Kev uh, tap in on this one.
2: Yeah, because, I mean, that was where I was going
3: to go, what choice did they have on yeah. Sunday? I mean, run defense is not playing well. You're down on linebacker. Well,
4: you, you brought up a good point there, Dan, yeah. Damone Clark. Yeah. yeah. I like to say, yeah. I, I like to raise my hand and, <laughs> offer, and offer a choice. <laughs> um, Damone Clark, you, you – Honestly, you didn't expect his debut to, to force him into 40 defensive snaps against the Bears when you lose Bar. But in doing so, yes, you saw some rookie hiccups, but you saw some flashes as well. Uh, I don't see a reason that coming out of a bye off of a game like that, that you would diminish him to seven defensive snaps against the Packers when you're getting gashed in the run and you don't have Anthony Barr. If you, if you want to drop Micah down a little bit more, move him around more, my question is, why Damone, Why does Damone only have seven? And I posed that question to Mike McCarthy, uh, and he said that the expectation was not for demone to have 40 snaps again in this game. That's fair. But I don't know that I got clarity on why it went from 40 to seven, especially in real time when you see your guys getting gashed like that. And demone which is a run-stopper, he still mm-hmm. needs to acclimate, but – at that point, you got to throw it all on the table, right? And and see what sticks. And you know, seeing Demone on the sideline for most of that defensive uh, contest was a little bit unnerving. I mean,
3: with that being said, the defense was still not playing the way that they were capable of playing, given the fact that you were down a linebacker. Even if you bring Clark in there, Micah is your best defender, and if he's as versatile as we believe that he is. He's got to be able to play where we need him to play mm-hmm. on that particular day, and they needed him in the run defense. And I feel like where the resources needed to be allocated, that's why I felt like he played as much off-ball linebackers he did because they really had no choice, even with the idea of Clark Potts to be you know playing the way he did. It.
2: And there's very few games that the Cowboys play bad when Micah plays really well. Yeah, very All few right. times. All right,
1: so. We were there in the locker room listening to to, to Michael Parsons, and, and plenty of people had the sound. I took it as here's a team that gave up 240 yards to the Bears and 20, what, 28, 29 points. And then the next week against a team that's three and six, it's lost five straight. You give up 200 yards of rushing, and you give up 31 points. This is against bad teams, right? Now you go face a team that is good, who can run the ball. And you talk about people talk about Dalvin Cook, but you know, Madison is a guy who can get mm-hmm. out to the outside as well. So mm-hmm. I mean, you know, so you you've got that, then you got Jonathan Taylor, then you're going to have uh, what you Pierce got King, coming David up? with Houston, ATN, yeah. Saquon. I mean, so, so this right Saquon I mean, King Henry, this, this yeah. thing is coming. It's not stopping, right? Right, baby, they're coming. They, yeah, <laughs> we're coming. Um, so. Better to get this out, whatever frustrations you have. If somebody's not getting it done, this is the time to go ahead and fix this because you almost got away with it with two bad teams. Now you're coming into some teams here that are good. So I McCarthy spoke about how conflict can be okay. Parcells used to always say low conflict is good. I don't mind guys pointing in, out the issues and, and, going and being bold enough to fix them with each other.
4: Well, for, for Micah, it's not the— it's not the first time that he's. It was the most passionate that he's spoken about it, but it's not the first time he's alluded to this because when, when you look at the loss in Philadelphia, uh, one of the comments that he made was, "Guys need to stay within themselves as far as not trying to over pursue, not trying to make the play, just handle not your assignment." Not trying to assignment. play hero ball, yeah, yeah. And so basically, what he said in Green Bay was just an echoing of what he said after the previous loss in Philadelphia. So that's why I'm not too thrown aback by it. Right. It's not like he's throwing anyone under the bus. He's saying what actually needs to happen. Guys need to stop over-pursuing. And, and I know he understands this as well, and he will admit it ready, readily. It includes him as well because, again, if you go back to that the second play from scrimmage, he had Aaron Jones dead to rights. He overpursued. Yeah. So he's owning it as much as he is spreading it around the table.
3: I think what concerns me now is that, and you watched the film, I'm sure you did as well, that you're starting to see some smoke and mirrors trying to go out here and defend opposing rushing attacks now, stunts and trying to do different things to get guys schematically in place, and there's not enough physicality for you to go and win your one-on-one matchups to shed blocks and be able to go and get guys that I feel like now you're trying to figure out ways to get guys in the right position to make plays. And So instead of instinctively reacting and go out and making plays, now guys got to start thinking about where do I need to be based on what's going on here, and I think a lot of that is starting to show up, and I think a lot of it started to show up on Sunday against Green Bay.
1: All right, let's hit a break here. Uh, Jerry Jones spoke today on 105.3 The Fan. He does every Tuesday. Let's break things down with our esteemed panel, Patrick Walker, DallasCowboys.com, Kevin Gray, 105.3 The Fan, John Machoda The Athletic. I'm Newey Scruggs. This is the Media Mash
5: on DallasCowboys.com radio.
0: Celebrate responsibly. 2021 Miller Brewing Company, Fort Worth, Texas.
6: When you build, you start with the foundation. And home ownership is a foundation of a stable future. The Bank of America Community Homeownership Commitment has helped over 34,000 people lay the groundwork so far. With up to $10,000 towards your down payment or 3% of the purchase price, whichever is less, the satisfaction of owning your own place can become a reality. Visit bankofamerica.com slash homeowner to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America, N.A., equal housing lender, credit and collateral subject to approval. Restrictions apply. This is not a commitment to lend. The
0: season is finally here. For months, we've been gearing up to win. Now it's time for the team that performs on any field, United Ag and Turf. With John Deere Zero Turns for mowing, compact tractors for loading, mini excavators for digging, Gator Utility Vehicles for hauling, implements for grading, hay tools for bailing, United Ag and Turf for winning the official Ag and Turf equipment supplier of the Dallas Cowboys. Visit unitedagandturf.com for more. Back, back to back. Media Mash.
5: Hey, hey,
1: hey! Monster numbers, by the way, for the Cowboys-Packers game on Fox.
2: The overtime. Oh, I like this stuff. This is this is good <laughs> this stuff. Is, that was, we, what do yeah, we got? This, this is
1: Minnesota right. Avenue. Right this. Right the overtime uh-huh. thriller between the two teams. <laughs> okay. And the national fan base has averaged twenty-nine point two million, making it the most Jeez. watched NFL game on any network. This season. That's Where we got it? this? Where's 29. this at?
3: Where's this at? Where are we getting this from? I think I saw it in this, like a front office sports or something like, like that.
4: An NFC it. championship game. There you go. It's tweet like the Cowboys out. coach 29. tweeting 29. that out. It looks Two? like it. Looks like I mean, so. his
2: name's Michael McCarthy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
1: so, there, so there you go. So uh, a, whole folks, a whole lot of folks. A whole lot of folks. That's a lot of people. That's a lot of people. 29 million yeah. people watch Aaron Rodgers rise from, from the ashes. So, <laughs> there you go.
2: Full Undertaker. The
3: Cowboys. Full
1: um, undertaker. It
2: is pretty similar. Those are pretty close. It was twenty-seven or twenty-eight million, I remember, for the last time they played the Packers, the one at at t Stadium where Rogers beat them late. It was something like that too, and it was the number one game uh, for the season 2. Same deal. That 3 three thirty time slot. So I mean, obviously, hey, you were you were there. <laughs> I mean, you guys saw it. It makes no sense how you have this organization, this sports powerhouse, in the middle of this town in Wisconsin. Great just it's it's just fascinating, like like if you get a chance to go out there, even if there's not a game, just go check this out because it makes wild. no sense the, like how this just amazing stadium is in the middle of like I don't know, it just looks like a regular suburb that I grew up in in <laughs> Michigan, you know like have you ever been to canton? I haven't no, I no, I've no. been to canton. It's like that, like and it, Buffalo's kind of like that too. And, and, and Buffalo's,
3: yeah. Actually.
1: These are two places where you just you're just driving a neighborhood, you're boop, there's a stadium, and <laughs> and boom, boom, there's the right, stadium right there. Right. right. Really? Um, <laughs> and, and calling it a town is is really nice. It's really a village, more than town. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. No, well, hey, look, i my folks from you know, Fayetteville. That's a town. Yeah. That's a town. <laughs> city, that's a town. No,
3: this is like a little village here. I mean, you got a Walmart though got, a Cabela's. got a Cabela's. <laughs> go. More there importantly, go. okay?
1: more, so,
2: more. more importantly,
1: there's a Cabela's right there, and I will say this. There were too many Cowboy fans underdressed walking into that place. Okay. Yeah? When I saw them around noontime walking in, I just saw people, man, man two layers ain't gonna work. <laughs> your jeans, your jeans, yeah. your, your jeans not protecting you here. And I know you don't have a no long job because I, I, I looked down and I saw regular socks. I mean, you're, Dude, not, you're like, not ready for this. You're it. not, ready, you are that, not I mean, yeah. ready for this. <laughs> Meanwhile, Packer fan is all loaded up up with real gloves, not the isotoners. <laughs> yeah, I saw folks out there. I saw these ladies who had those, you know, those, those nice little, like little thin thing, the little, you know. Sh- um. Leggings. Yeah. Oh yeah. Next thing you know, you see them pulling on the most ski pants. Yeah. <laughs> walk out, they're ready. They're ready. Okay, they got on hoodies. They're they're layered. You can see them because I lived up in the north. They're, you know, they they're layered up. Yeah. God, what if I go with two layers? Like, what you doing? Your 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 I'm cold coat in Texas ain't working. Yeah, here, no, man. I'm not here. Like okay, yeah. like that little Columbia thing that you got on Patrick right yeah. there. So people will show up with like a, a CD lamb jersey and that. That's not cutting it. Yeah. <laughs> like even the beanie. I brought two beanies. Yeah. Uh-huh. Maybe this, you know, bald head. Like it's gonna cut you. It's gonna <laughs> cut, yeah. cut you. And it then of course Bobby bit. Belt, 105 to the fan. Bobby kept on, yeah, I gotta go out, go out in the stands with the people, go out there. Yeah. I said, man, you're not going anywhere. No, no, I'm gonna go out there. I can do it. Bobby, what are you gonna wear? Well, oh, I got my sport coat, Bobby.
2: <laughs> <laughs> he went down. He I did. He came back. Oh, I, I, went, I went out there for about an hour and a half, like before the game. Oh, look at you! Kind of walk around doing stuff. But I have been there before, and so I, I had several. i was say, but you're from, like you know, Michigan. Yeah. 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 yeah, no, but I was like prepared for. It. But no, I'm telling you, the thing that that. <laughs> that blew me away is that I started doing some research about. Okay, so across the street from the stadium are these houses. We're talking 150 to 170 thousand dollar homes, typically in other spots. But because they their backyard is basically Lambo. There's people that buy them, refurbish them. They make them worth like six to eight hundred thousand dollars just because of where the real estate is. There was one house there. They put in turf in the backyard. They bought the house. Okay, for it was uh, they paid, I think it was five hundred thousand dollars over asking price. <laughs> Knocked the house down, put in this four story house in the back. Three stories of it is just like open window glass that like would be those houses on the beach in like Oxnard, you know, like mm-hmm. that are right on.
4: That yeah, that so like, four
2: four stories, one point six million dollars they put in this thing, and they have all kinds of like business seminars, things like that. So obviously, people in the community don't necessarily love it, and their right. little like you know two two bedroom <laughs> one bath <laughs> yeah. ranch across the street, Slice stuff like America that. But it's like path. it is just crazy that this team is just in the middle of Green Bay, Wisconsin, and it just like you just you just get the feeling when you're there that you're like. This thing provides money for you everybody. Know, like yeah. Every, yeah. You know, everything, it yeah. It funds
4: and fuels, and it keeps whole
2: growing town. and growing that and growing. Every time I go there, the first time I went there was two thousand eight, and then just even from then till now, just every time I go there, there's something new being built around this. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, It was, but,
4: it was rough though. And I mean, there's just
2: no way you can tell me that that's going on if, heck, they don't have that success they had in the early nineties. Yeah, nah, there's nah, just nah, no way. Nah. And then that oh, I would nah. just kept growing since then to nah. where they are obviously now, like, wild.
1: It's it, it's clear in certain places. You look at Indianapolis, what Peyton Manning's run did for what they were able to build mm-hmm. in down there. For then, sure, uh, the Staples Center with Shaquille O'Neal and Kobe in downtown L.A. Because I remember it was nothing, and now it's built up. And so that is what happens when you win. I mean, you think look,
2: the Cowboys get AT&T Stadium if they don't have the '90s?
1: Um, they need to build parcels. So that was I was here for that whole deal, and that was real simple. Uh, Jerry needed a stadium. Bill Parcells had gone through a divorce and needed needed money. So these two guys got together. They needed each other. Jerry needed Bill's credibility to build the stadium. And Bill needed to refurbish his retirement. Mm-hmm. And it worked out well for both of them. <laughs> for sure. And now you look at what a lot of people don't realize. Most of that, well, where AT&T of the area, that's, most, that's the Rangers pretty yeah. much. That's right. all they, but right. just look at what they've done and what they've been able to do. And they're, they're still building one. They're going to build right. that. Their, um, the convention center down. There's a whole lot more that's going to be built sure. down there. And people are trying to figure out, and I was talking to Rob Mattwick, the president of the Rangers, how can we keep you here? You know, Because before, when I mean, you went down there Lambeau, hey, you're just driving for the game, and that's yeah. it. But now you saw where people were showing up to this thing at you know, 10, 11, and more. They're there all day long. How can we keep more of your dollars here? So here's mm. a hotel.
2: Texas yeah. love. They put yeah. all these condos <laughs> in this Titletown <laughs> thing in Green Bay that right. you're just like, why would these be here if the it flats. wasn't for— Yeah, They're right. The
1: flat. They have this big old complex of apartments over there for flats. And so that, that whole premise is— and this is where the smart business owners of these teams are. How can we figure out how to make more money? And then look where we're at right here at the star,
2: okay? Yeah. Right.
1: They've got all, all can't you, even find a parking the spot. Ho, the own. hotel <laughs> right. Jerry owns that's the hotel. Right. Now. Right. Jerry owns the hotel. You walk across the street, you want to shop. They own all that. Yeah. Right? yeah. And and that's where Jerry has taught people how to make money.
2: Yeah. And you just see Jerry and Roger have a very nice twelve. Oh uh, man. Uh, uh, condo complex, luxury, luxury condo <laughs> luxury. complex. By the way, I
1: mean, look at the Chicago Bears. I mean, I, I was telling some friends, oh, I hope yeah. they leave Soldier feels Like, bro, they're not staying there. Yeah, they're out <laughs> no, of there. I said, they're, out you know, there. they're going to the racetrack. Who, like, ask yourself in the league who built a stadium on a racetrack? Stan Kroenke. What else is Stan building over there? More and more stuff. I'm like the Bears, they've now said, oh, we, they want to. <laughs> <laughs> and I get, and we, I, get right.
2: I get that, and I get that, but for the fans. To have that Green Bay type experience, I do kind of hate that they're going to leave Soldier Field. Like, there it's is the something same. about, you know, that they've done with Soldier Field, kind of what Lambo did, where it's like, it's still, you know, at least part of what it was, and they keep building up around it. And you keep that history, but. I, don't I mean, know. it's the same thing in Oakland with the Golden State Warriors,
3: right? <laughs> in the middle of Oakland, California, all the fans who loved Oracle Arena, oh no, we're going to make this billion over right. here at Chase Center, and we're going to build that and have everybody come out here and go, and, you know.
1: And you know, the situation on that is so you've got just two very i mean they're they're it's the bay area but these are two different completely cities, two different counties so yes. the the money's in San Francisco the owners are San Francisco people mm-hmm. so they wanted to get that team across the bay
2: and back over there no San difference San Francisco than, is pretty cool compared to what is it Arlington Heights i think is where <laughs> the bears are going i think that's right i might right be it's around. Arlington Heights yeah. but but it's the, fine but it's not but the Soldier Field is awesome, man. But like, the, being right on Lake Michigan like that. But you don't control or own it. I know, I know, so I know. Whole thing's I'm talking, about, I'm talking <laughs> the, about liking he's history. He's on the nostalgia yeah, exactly. train. Yeah, yeah. Okay, <laughs> we're messing with John's, John's youth. Yes, yes. They're yes. killing off the and rest and of the yeah. Probably my father's youth and my grandpa. You know, like, I mean, it goes back for I mean, a while you know, there. there.
1: Go hang out with Richie and He can tell you how he used to go to the Cotton Bowl with his dad and watch the Cowboys. They I mean, just things yeah. change.
2: Yeah. No, you're
3: right. You're right. You can't stay in the Silver Dome forever, John. You got to move to Ford Field at some point. They need to get rid of the Silver Dome. <laughs> they need to get rid of the though. Lake, Laker
1: fan is made an adjustment from uh from from the forum. They're okay, you know. You know, Atlanta Fulton County that's Stadium. True. You're, you're yeah. okay oh, driving man. to Cobb County, aren't you?
3: No, <laughs> I about to say I don't
1: think he no, good. No, I don't think he good. that. No, that's a soft spot.
4: Yeah, Shout out to Truist. Uh huh. Yeah, you and Low. Bar, yeah, yeah. Shout out to Truist. It's beautiful park. It's it's magnificent. Um, but as a Georgia boy and and you know former Atlanta native who's been to Hank Aaron and then Turner. Um, I mean those were Mainstays in the heart of the city. And then you move um, Truist, which was SunTrust previously, out to Cobb County. And anyone who has lived in Atlanta knows that 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 trek out to Cobb County, traffic and just everything, just the area – uh, it's just not conducive. It's one level. It, it <laughs> is one level conducive. below Jim Irsay.
1: Like you know, the Mayflower. <laughs> yeah. twice, they just booed us. There it was no con- vote. It was just uh-huh. All uh-huh. Like, the Braves. Like, like, Up, uh, we gone. We gone. What? Yeah, what? yeah I, I wasn't. I wasn't
4: feeling that when they left Fulton County. I mean, shouts out to Cobb County. I actually lived out in Cobb for a while as well, which is why I can speak to it um, from an empathy standpoint. Like, yeah, that, that wasn't it. <laughs> Beautiful stadium, though. Beautiful stadium.
1: Believe me, man. When they, when that,
4: but the Braves belong in Fulton County. That's I used to feel that
1: way when they told us we're gonna come out to Frisco. Like what?
4: you've all the way out here yeah. for? So now now you're all the
1: way out here. All right, Jerry Jones spoke on your station today. He did. Uh, 105.3 The Fan, 8.30. Uh, what do he say?
3: <laughs> <laughs> I almost said, said everything and nothing at the same time, so I just said it. Um, look, he realized that there was a missed opportunity in Green Bay, and not just on the front of keeping up with – the Philadelphia Eagles and the Minnesota Vikings, but what that means possibly for the Odell Beckham Jr. situation as well. And I think there's a recognition for him about not only what yesterday's game meant and how that could be a larger stepping stone to either something better or a descending point to something a little bit worse, depending on what happens in the next couple weeks, but he realizes there was a golden opportunity missed yesterday. And until this team finds a way to find that consistency, especially with the run defense – those opportunities may continue to slip past him because, as you mentioned earlier, it's not going to get easier with Minnesota next week and then obviously taking on the Giants when they come in for Thanksgiving. So the biggest takeaway for me was missed opportunity in the way that he felt about his Cowboys missing that yesterday.
2: After the game, I thought – he only talked for maybe three or four minutes, but I thought the biggest thing after the game was he was really hammering home on the whole we were coming off the bye, and he touched mm-hmm. on that a little bit more today. I, that's the thing I think that's bothering him the most. And they to be honest, Mike McCarthy, we talked about it on one of the shows last week, great record coming out of the bye. Uh Cowboys uh going into that game. So since they drafted Dak and Zeke, five and one coming out of the bye. McCarthy was eleven and four after the bye yeah, week. <laughs> so they were expecting a better output considering they were coming off the bye and rested for the most part, certainly in, in better shape than the, the Packers were in that game, going into that game. That was the, my probably my biggest that I took away from that. And
4: they they still could have hung 40 plus. I mean you take away those two miscommunications that turn into interceptions that then turn into 14 points and you still walk the Packers like a dog on their own field. But but you uh, didn't. But you didn't. And so to Jerry's point it was a missed opportunity and both sides of the coin are, are equally true. One, it's a missed opportunity because especially after seeing what the commanders were able to do mm-hmm. and, and handing the Eagles their first defeat wow, God, we missed a chance to the Cowboys should be thinking we missed a chance to gain ground on the Eagles. Um, But you flip to the other side of the coin and you did lose against Green Bay. So now you're hoping the Eagles lost and they did. So the Eagles didn't, you know, put any distance between you and them. So, I mean, it could also be said, well, now you got the commanders coming up on the rear. And I said it last night on Twitter. um, Hold your breath. Uh, until I start worrying about the Commanders. And you will die from asphy- 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 asphyxiation? Wow. <laughs> uh, you will die from asphyxiation. I'm not worried about the Commanders. I'm not worried about Taylor Heineke. I know anything is possible on any given Sunday. but And I know Chase Young is coming back. But we talk about guys who have to ramp up. Guess who is coming off of another torn ACL and Chase Young? Like, and he's coming in on the coldest part of the season, needs to ramp up. He's going to have to get his legs behind him. I'm not worried about them. I'm worried about the ones at the top, which is the Eagles. Carson so.
1: Wentz is coming back, so you're
4: well, he's not going to see the field. Well, that, do that. 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 just don't makes that. my point even more. He's not going to uh, see the field. Yeah. Well, that's, 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 yeah. that's, yeah. my,
1: that's my joke to my yeah. commander. Oh, yeah, wait till Carson's back. You can't sit a man like Carson. You gave a capital draft picks for the guy. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
4: Terry Veris. McLaurin put Darius Slay in a blender. Um, yeah, he put in work last but night. You know who he was fun to watch. You know who he's not been able to put in the blender yet in his career? Yeah, Trayvon. Trayvon, yeah. I'm not worried about McLaurin, and and that's not a knock against McLaurin. It's just saying I have something that can delete you. And and then the question becomes, can the pass rush get after Taylor Heineke and that offensive line? And the answer is yes. So I'm not worried about who's coming up behind me. I'm worried about who's in the windshield. So does Trayvon
1: travel this week with uh, Jefferson, and what is your concern level for um, Anthony Brown playing coming off the concussion?
2: Yeah, there's definitely concern there with concussions. I mean – you just you don't know every player is different. I mean, mm-hmm. um, I would say I would say I don't think that Trayvon will, will follow him. I think he'll play a lot on him, but he just isn't a guy that that they really. And maybe it's not just a Trayvon thing. Maybe it's a Dan Quinn thing. It just, I mean, he travels from time to time, but it's not. He isn't a guy that Dan Quinn has been like. Okay, who's the other team's best receiver? Trayvon's on him the entire game. They just haven't operated that way. So I don't expect that to happen. Maybe that's a wrinkle that they throw in there and they go with that, but. Um, I don't know why you would do much different than you did last year against them. I mean. It worked last year. Yeah. yeah. I think like, what concerns me. Because have uh,
1: different DBs than last year. Yeah. You, know, you had Jordan Lewis. Yeah. Um, you, you had uh, Anthony Brown. You got Trayvon Diggs. And you could be sitting up here with Kelvin Joseph and Deron Bland. Yeah. Playing major fe- minutes.
4: You don't feel good about that? I mean, you, <laughs> you, you was there. Yeah, <laughs> you, <laughs> was Kel- you was there. <laughs> to, to Kelvin, <laughs> two Kelvins credit and Yale Watson <laughs> did. Did blend him up a couple times, but um, Kelvin, he almost sealed the game with that forced fumble on Aaron Jones, you know, just didn't bounce the Cowboys yeah, way. But Jones got it back, you know, yeah. The effort was— Did you feel that way, Nui? Really? Go ahead. You don't think okay. that that could— that I could mean, seal look,
3: <laughs> <laughs> Here, here's the thing, and I've been saying this on the radio, is that, you know, a cornerback room is only as good as his second corner, especially when you got a shutdown guy in Trayvon, which I think we're starting to believe that he is in this league. And if you're telling me on Sunday you're going to run out De'Ron Bland— and Kelvin Joseph against an experienced wide receiver in Adam Thielen. I know Thielen's not what he used to be. This is still a good receiver, though. And now you got to worry about T.J. Hawkinson as well. So I'm not just concerned about Justin Jefferson. I'm worried about the other guys like Thielen and Hawkinson and these guys making plays because now you've got multiple dimensions that Kevin O'Connell's going to be able to scheme guys open. I think that's one of the things I've appreciated about his game so far and co- his coaching is that he's getting Justin Jefferson open in different spots. Yeah, he's an incredible receiver, but he's getting guys in spots where they can make plays. And that, to me, is going to be a big concern on Sunday against yeah, Minnesota. It
4: has to be, at least until you – see what's happening with Anthony Brown and, and Mike McCarthy said on yesterday that uh, Brown definitely has a chance to play on Sunday. But, it, and, I, and I said this on Twitter after I tweeted McCarthy's optimism and that the, the concussion protocol is not subjective. It, it just is what it is. And Brown has to pass the hurdles to get back on the field. And it's even more stringent now. So in the post tua days, um, so if there are any doubts or if there's anything any threshold that he can't get past he's not going to be on the field on Sunday and keep in mind ideally the Cowboys would want Anthony Brown to clear concussion protocol and get at least one full practice in before yeah. he plays, if all of that doesn't happen, yeah, you're looking at Kelvin Joseph, maybe Kelvin versus Nashawn Wright, um, but that's still youth on the outside opposite Travon Diggs, and then obviously you got the rookie and Daron Bland, and it's you know there are weapons over there in Minnesota. So yeah. yeah,
1: so you've got that, and you've got the Cowboy run defense, and Vegas has the Cowboys favorite. Why was it two or four points in this one?
2: That's Johnson, uh, right bag. before yeah, right before kickoff, it was four. You talking four. about the Packers or the Vikings game? Vikings. The Vikings game. Oh, the Vikings is uh, I think point and a half. Okay,
1: all right. So, so it's, uh,
3: yeah. So
2: wow.
1: Yeah. So so they they have faith in this Cowboys team. Went up to uh, went up to Minnesota last year. Well, the, well, the game's probably. not
3: at noon either, so there's that, also that. That actually does matter. <laughs> yeah,
1: that, 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 that may be that. So 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 we'll, we'll we'll see where it goes. By the way, um, before I forget, I can't keep mentioning. Thank you, Chris Breen, for sending me this. Uh, ben Denucci picked up by the uh, Seattle Sea Dragons. Yep. The X-A-Nucci. hey,
3: shout out to the Cucci XFL. Denucci. So,
1: so good luck. Is that to their you. real name? Yes. Yeah. Fine. Okay. Hey, don't hit
3: on the XFL <laughs> like that, John. Relax. Just, just Relax Seattle now. Relax see
1: Dragons, baby. If you smell <laughs> okay. what the, the Rock is cooking.
2: It's uh, hey, hey, oh,
4: hey, 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 hey. hey, hey look at, there you go. The there you go. There,
2: so, yeah. so good luck to him. I thought you might have accidentally mi- mixed up the name with something. Sorry. Just wanted to double-check. Go <laughs>
4: well,
3: no, I, I mean,
2: sure do your XFL be, research, John. Come on
3: now. I'm sure Come on now. I wish
1: he could, you know, maybe he's trying to arrange a trade to the Arlington Renegades. you never know. They were the Renegades.
2: They were the Renegades before. turpin they the Dallas actually Dallas it Right, but they released the Renegade, so I knew that. I didn't even... Okay. A and don't disrespect P.J.
3: Walker, man. Don't disrespect P.J. Walker, Is C-Dragon real? former XFLer. Yeah. Yes. It's, I don't
1: know what that real.
4: is. The only reason I wouldn't disrespect him is because he quite <laughs> literally has my son's name. My son is P.J. Walker. I'll say, there so, you go. Yeah. Say, look at that. Than, I mean, other than the greatness of his name, you know, I don't, I don't know that I have faith in... You going
3: to hate on Donald Parham? You going to hate on you Donald Parham, too?
4: What I'm saying when it comes to the XFL... And anyone who knows me particularly knows I'm, I'm a huge wrestling guy, and The Rock is my goat. The Rock uh-huh. is my goat. So I hope that everything The Rock touches turns to gold, and no it does. Um, but as the far goats. as the XFL is concerned, this is what, correct me if I'm wrong, this is their third go at it. So in, until as a league they show me they have staying power, I'm not going to go do a whole bunch of deep diving into XFL, scouting, and stats. So show me, and then I'll you know build it, and then I will come.
2: Who's I'm your up. favorite wrestler, really? <laughs> Who's your goat wrestler?
4: You know,
1: I love the rock. Yeah. I love the rock the rock but I I was a flair guy. Oh. I was, was yeah, okay. that's, that fits. This is definitely yeah.
3: that, totally, That's uh-huh. on brand. Tommy, Dirtiest playing in the game. Tommy, uh-huh. Tommy
4: Wildfire Rich. Okay. Yeah. Uh, All right. All right. Uh, what is what is uh, Roddy? Doll. What is Roddy? Oh, Junkyard F- Dog. Hated. There you go. You hated
1: Roddy? Hated.
4: Oh, was that oh he, he hated true. him. I mean, Dusty, as far as him being the heel, or you just weren't feeling Dusty Rose was my man,
1: Son of a pluck. Dusty Rose, the American Dream. Big Dustin Rose is going to have something for you in Columbus.
3: <laughs> Please mark all of that, Chris. I mean, Please mark all yeah, of yeah, that. What are we yeah, doing? Man. Please. Yo, that
1: was, that you posed was, the question. See you. He, That's on you. You grew up in a time when, when this was, I was living in Savannah, Georgia, so man, this was yeah. like the thing that we did as kids. Oh, yeah. you... Listen, Bro, the, man, car, the, no, car, no, I, the, the cardboard, <laughs> you, you
4: cut out the, the belt out of a cardboard box and you wrap it in the thing
2: I'm 40 years old. I grew up in that vitamin sayer process. Prayers, Hulk, <laughs> <only try? laughs> See, see
0: that, that was, by
1: then, he was off the boat. We went down with that. He was off the boat. Like, yeah, hey, this guy's guy. This yeah, phony guy yeah. Rocky Three club, whatever. It was, yeah, yeah. What was he, Thunder Lips, like, Thunderlips, <laughs> <laughs> I
4: got No holds bars. Right, right. I this this thought is This is my fault.
1: Hey, hey, this is, I'm here
3: for the oh, wrestling talk, right, man. Then, let's let's
1: take a break.
2: <laughs> the Rock and Show, Michael. Shout out to Stone Cold Steve Austin. Let's take a break. the Cowboys were just one on Sunday, we wouldn't be doing this. Hey, well, you know.
1: The tie-in is that WrestleMania was here. That's right. Hey, hey. Hey, see, there you see, there you go. look at there! I, you always bring it back to the sports, I, okay. there's your sports tie right there, John Michauda.
3: <laughs> Everything's
1: <Grant>. pro wrestling, John. <laughs> Patrick Park, i <laughs> This is <laughs> the media man. This is DallasCowboys.com
0: <laughs> <laughs> The season is finally here. For months, we've been gearing up to win. Now it's time for the team that performs on any field. United Ag and Turf. Back, back, back to back. Media
6: Mash.
1: <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, Jerry Jones proudly presents you the Media Mash. Patrick Walker, Devin hey. Gray. John (laughs) Machota, the media mash all star.
3: Uh huh. Yeah, it's the Randy one. That's right. Yeah, the pose. That's right. It's your fault, John. It's your fault, man. It's your fault. Oh, you ain't got nothing to say now, John. You ain't got nothing no, to say I'm now. I'm going to look uh, at Twitter. A like dog. Do. As soon as you stand up, doing uh-huh.
4: RKO. He's going to RKO you. Oh, Just man. Out of nowhere. Yeah. Someone put the table behind you. Table that is the chairs. Yeah. Man. Yeah. 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 Put yeah. the people's
1: phone down, John. Put the people's phone down. Engage with us, Engage with us right now, John. John right is here. the people's Twitter. He
3: is. Not you. the people's Cowboys. You, uh, that's what you are, John. Yes, he is. Mm-hmm. All You're right. the people's Twitter on Cowboys <laughs> Nation for Cowboys Nation. Come Wednesday.
1: How do they. Get this thing toward Minnesota and take this whole loss behind them and get better. Uh,
2: okay, well, I think there's two sides of it. One, offensively, Dak, Dak and, and the receivers have to get on the same page. There can't be this miscommunication. Yeah. You start out that game in Minnesota like that, it's over. You're not you're not going to beat them. Um, defensively, they're going to have to clean up their miscommunication, but but they're going to have to get cleaner on their tackles. I will say the the one thing that positive that will come out of this. Is they won't miss as many tackles on Sunday. Generally speaking, in football, if you miss a bunch of tackles or you play poorly in defense, like like that, you're going to play better the following week. So, uh, I think those are those are the two big things there. Um, but yeah, with Dak, I just I understand like you got to be on the same page, and and there's miscommunication there. I just don't love where those passes, like being in the middle of the field. I just think the risk reward to those. Uh, wasn't great in those situations. I know sometimes they work out, sometimes they don't, but kind of where this team is at, and then where that 5 game losing streak Packers team is at, I just feel like you, you just can't give them any momentum. Exactly. You, got to, there's got to be just some balls you just throw them out of, throw them out of bounds, live to fight another play. Um, you can do some of that stuff against the Chicago Bears and the Detroit Lions. You can't be doing that against good teams. You certainly can't be doing that against the Vikings on and, Sunday. And Dak
4: actually did that on, on, you know, later in the game when uh, in the red zone. Play collapsed. He threw it away. Yeah. Very next play. Touchdown. See how that works? if right. you had done that on the first drive. You live to fight another play. <laughs> but I tell you what, one thing that money on the table, we'll see how this this week goes in practice, but money on the table, um, who the Cowboys would probably not be missing this week, Anthony Barr. I don't yep. think Anthony Barr misses this game I unless either. his leg is falling mm-hmm. off. Um, and, and to that point, I think Anthony Barr is really looking to play out of his mind against his former Minnesota Vikings team. And uh, if that happens... And if he's on the field and playing very well, that in and of itself should help try to contain some of that running attack from Madison and Dalvin Cook. And then then the onus kind of becomes on that secondary we talked about. I yeah. mean, if you're without Anthony Brown, there's going to be a lot of pressure there. So that inherently is going to put pressure on the safeties as well. They're probably going to have to play more coverage than they normally would. That I'm looking at Donovan Wilson in that capacity. But if you're playing Dono and in, in coverage more, guess where? He's not. He's not at the line of scrimmage helping to run support. So yeah. it's going to be interesting to see how it goes. I. I think that as these game reps continue to ramp up, you'll see fewer and fewer miscommunications between Lamb and and Schultz and and Dak. Because keep in mind, it's not like Dak is five games back, right? Um, and that's not to forgive what happened because it was unforgivable. Like you, you, got. It's also not your first time playing together. Yeah. Right. So these miscommunication issues shouldn't happen. And Dalton Schultz said he got knocked off of his route. Went back and looked at the film. He got bumped. I think he could be more aggressive in staying on his route because in the bump before the route break, it knocked him off maybe a quarter of a yard. You could really have fit in that, you know. Yeah, just in that situation. Powered through that and still ended up on a different line Mm -hmm. from Lamb as opposed to letting that guy, that linebacker, put you on Lamb's routes.
2: It's just the way Schultz and Lamb were... Uh, right yeah, out of the their breaks, the great. spacing was There's messed up no to the no point where really, yeah. that's where I'm saying, hey, it's not there. You throw it out. Yeah. You just you, you take the, the field goal and play. you just live to move on because you, clearly that's not the way that plane was designed. You yeah. see, it's messed up. Just throw it away and be like, "Hey, we messed up, but we're going to get three points at least. We're not going to get maybe seven. You know? maybe Zeke
4: is back, so right. you know, if the Cowboys can get off to a fast start and get the lead, now that lead becomes much more manageable over. The oh, hey, one more game. thing
2: on that run game, though, real quick. What about the confidence to just go with Malik Davis on what would have been like, one of the key <laughs> plays of overtime? <laughs> yeah. Like you talk yeah. about, like people think yeah. like, oh, Malik Davis is there, they'll use him in like kind of you know yeah. when it's it, the it, game's it, out of it, hand it. or whatever. Yeah. And, I mean, that would have been one of the biggest plays of the it game was. if yeah. you know the whole thing wasn't there.
3: I think for me, the question is. Which player on this defense is going to pack their physicality with them? Because we're still talking about now, a year and a half in, the physicality of this run defense is not there. We talked about it with the San Francisco game and the playoff game. Who on this defense says, enough with the finesse, enough with the missed tackles, we've got to bring a measure of physicality? Because to me that's a mindset that's still lost on this team that is not going to get better unless someone makes a decision that we've got to be more physical up front and not only be more physical, but to set that tone at the beginning of the game. I remember Donovan Wilson a couple of years ago in Minnesota when he was out here a heat-seeking missile just hitting everything that was in front of him and made huge plays in that game. Who is going to show up with that kind of physicality because – that to
2: me is not something we should still be talking about with respect to this defense, in my mind. And when you say that, I think a lot of people might take that as you're just talking about defensive linemen. But you can tell the way that teams are attacking the Cowboys; they're trying yeah. to get to the perimeter. So it's on the edge. Right yeah, now. you're, you're going to have to be physical with your defensive backs, too. Other guys coming up. Obviously, your linebackers, like you mentioned, having bar back, that'll be huge. But it's not just the defensive line. Yeah, it's everybody's got to come up and, and play better in the mm-hmm. run because it's just very clear when you watch these Cowboys games. Other teams have watched; they're doing, they're running out on the perimeter because it's working and right. everybody everybody's watching this all 22 everybody knows what, what they're trying to do until you stop that teams are going to keep doing that
1: i'll be interested to see if KOC's will will he go out and just go run i think with the packers they were desperate okay hey, look, yeah. we got defenders out you know so so we need to we need to keep this ball and keep these guys will they do that because cousins threw 50 passes in Buffalo.
3: Mm-hmm. And, and it almost lost in the football game.
1: And had two picks versus 25 rushes. So I do wonder, you know, is KLC more like Kellen Moore? I hey, can't help it. Can't help it. Got to throw it. Got to throw it. So it's, it's I wonder, though, you us. know,
2: you bring that up. That's a good point because, I you know, there's a lot of people that are very critical, obviously, of Kellen Moore, especially after losses, and they talk about the just run the ball, just run the ball. It's working. That These, I don't know, if it's just the analytics side or whatever it is, they're going to tell you that, you have to win games, you're going to have to hit big plays at some point. So it's the balancing of we're going to have to hit some big plays in the passing game. It's great to get six, seven yards running the ball, and and we want to keep doing that, but we have to mix that in with hitting some big plays. And that's where I feel like sometimes maybe these offensive coordinators feel like they almost have to force it a little bit because. I mean, they the see expected you, points added numbers, right. they see that kind of yeah. thing. They Throwing they feel the football like gets you more, yeah. If we don't do that, yeah. then, yeah. We're gonna have all these rushing numbers, but we're not gonna win the game, mm-hmm. and we're gonna to have to hit some of these big plays here or there. So. <laughs> Chicago. Well, you've
1: got—I mean, look you got obviously you've got a guy tips. who can get you some yep. big plays, and they're gonna try and figure out a way to get get him the, the football. And obviously, I think you look at last year's game; he's gonna be looking his chops to come back in here and get something done. So, um, it's a challenge. It's a challenge, and you, know, you you don't want to sit up here and be looking at six and four, and then having to go face the Giants on Thanksgiving Day and looking at six and five. You know, urgency needs to happen now. I mean, it needs to. It needs to happen now. That whatever they need to clean up, this I, I recommend cleaning it up here because you got. You got a came on Sunday. You got to fly home and turn around here and get ready for Thursday. This is a
3: stretch of three games in 12 days for this no, team. So, this, so. Is a,
1: this is a challenge. Hey, good urgency stuff. Urgency
2: to go get out of Beckham. Sorry, going. Hey, he hey. hey. He said urgency. He said urgency. I Dominic thought of Kansu, it. Sorry. I'm gonna Sure. <laughs> uh, John Mishota, Kevin Gray. He is
1: Patrick Walker. <laughs> I'm a media match. We'll do it again tomorrow. Well, no, we're off tomorrow. Uh, Thursday, right, Beam? Beam, Thursday we're back. Take tomorrow off? Correct. Okay, Thursday, <laughs> media match right here on DallasCowboys.com radio.